This is Blake 7 in Character, the podcast that travels at Standard by 5 to seek out elements from the classic TV show. We'll be taking a look at the one-off characters, and occasionally the not-so-one-offs. Who they are, what we think, the actor's backstory, and anything else that occurs to us as we waffle away. So, stand by to teleport, for this is going to be spoiler-heavy, so it's advisable that you watch the story first. This week we're back on board the Liberator, and we're asking, what is Zen? Yeah, a deep philosophical question. What is Zen? Um, we know Zen is a character. We consider Zen a character, don't we? Yeah, I think I think Zen's got a character. I was trying to think whether he had any sort of character arc, and he doesn't really. But he's a character. I mean, he's probably more of a character than some of the other regulars. Yes, yes, you know? yeah. And you know, I mean, he does. Blake does include, um, you know, Zen as one of the crew and he is mocked by Avon you're you're not including that machine or something like that and uh, that yeah. doesn't he but uh, yeah early Avon's very dismissive of Zen isn't it it's, he's just a machine and and Avon has almost contempt for machines they're well below humanity aren't they mm-hmm. they're, they're not sentient they're not anything but I wonder mm. if Avon ever ever changed his mind on the long lonely nights well, I, had, I, I did have a question later on. Do you think he had a fiddle Ua, Ua. With, with Zen? Yes, I think he couldn't help himself. I think he, he would have popped open Zen's little compartment and had a shifty through his RAM chips, wouldn't he? Yes, because there are things that we'll be talking about in a minute that happens in the initial stories, which then seem to have just gone away, and you never yeah. see them again in later season twos, and definitely not in season threes. It's, so it's, you, you can use Avon to cover that, though, can't you? Say Avon changed it, Avon did this, Avon did that, mm. which is good. Mm. Mm. He's, a, he's a little get out of jail free card, is Avon? Yeah, again, yes, yeah. yeah. Um, so Zen, then the name Zen. Zen um, was was Zen was Zen Buddhism was huge in the mid to late seventies. It was everywhere, wasn't it? It came over. Um, if I'm, I think I'm right in saying it was a Korean, it was a Chinese stroke Korean um, religion. Although it's not really religion because there's no deities involved. Um, what do you want the a, dictionary definition? Go on, you because I looked it up. It, yeah. It's a Japanese school of Mayana Buddhism, emphasizing the value of meditation and intuition rather than ritual worship or study of scriptures. Yes. Yeah, the idea is that, that there is no God. The God is us, and yes. each person, through meditation and uh, various wooey practices, can can reach their own godhood. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's, it's like all religions, it's like all bollocks, but it's... Uh, <laughs> It was huge. It was everyone was doing it. Do you remember the book Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Mechanics? I think it, I'm thinking remember, this yeah. is. Yeah, I think this is definitely where Terry Nation is getting oh, this all yeah, from. Oh yeah, It was. Definitely. I think this is Terry. Terry Nation was very good at. at I mean, the, the word didn't even really exist then, but catching the zeitgeist of of Britain at the time, didn't he? So he was very much a a writer who wrote put ideas into context of, of what was happening. So we've often said that Blake Seven is very is mired in nineteen seventies political Britain. You know, mm. it's it's it couldn't really happen anywhere else. And I think this is this is so he's he's gone with with a name. I don't know how much further he would have put thought into it. I mean interestingly as well, because um, Zen means meditation, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And the original Chinese word that it was that it's we pronounce it as Zen is actually weirdly spelt almost Dana, isn't it? So, oh, do you yeah. that was connected? Yeah. Oh, no, <laughs> no, no, I don't. No, no, no. It's just a galactic coincidence, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it was. But Zen isn't his name. At no point does he say, "My name is Zen." No, they just assume. No, Jenna calls him Zen because that first time when they encounter him, right in the middle of his, you know, welcoming them and stuff like that, he says the word Zen for no yeah. reason. It's just in that sentence. And then shortly after, Jenna goes, Zen, plot me a course, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Right? But I've always taken it that Zen isn't his name. It's a code word that switches him on because yeah, every well. time anybody talks to him, you say Zen first. And it's like the word Zen is opening up a channel to him. 
But isn't that a isn't that true of all names? They're merely a code word for but telling I, us that I can't someone's remember. talking to us. Can you remember any time when anybody talks to Zen without saying Zen first? I would. I'm, I'm sure there must be. But we don't know that just before the scene starts, they haven't switched him on by saying Zen. So do you think that Zen is literally the Alexa of his day? Yeah, I think that's exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blimey, this is a foresight in yeah, this show. Well it's actually well predicted Terry. something. Yeah. Yeah, it hasn't gone the other way. It's actually predicted yeah. something right. Because he gets annoyed, doesn't he, and says, Zen, at the end of something when he talks yeah. to Avon. I can't remember what it was. It was it's when he's refusing to do something, isn't it? Yeah. He, he, yeah, and he draws it out. So do you think that was him switching himself off? Yeah. It's During like the your act key. Yeah. He's, when you take yeah. your act key out. Oh, yeah. it could be. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the f the first um, things we learn about him, and the, really the most we ever learn about him, is when Blake, Jenner, and Avon encounter him in uh, Cygnus Alpha. Yes, and uh, he, that's when he's mind melded with Jenner. <laughs> Something of an anticlimax. Blake, I can't move my hand. Don't touch her. It's as though my hand was part of something. Mixed with something else. It's. It's in my head. Something in my mind asking. Answering. No! Welcome, Jenna Stannis. Who is it? Zen. Welcome, Rog Blake. Where are you? Show yourself. Your species requires a visual reference point. Blake. This is your reference point. You're a computer. As you say, Ker Avon. Who owns this ship? Where are they? The navigation units will accept your spoken commands. Please state speed and course. I want a course for the Earth Federation penal planet Cygnus Alpha. Galactic center coordinates are confirmed. Speed? Standard? Standard speed. Confirmed. That's done it. Seems we're on course now. It didn't answer any of your questions. More than that, it deliberately ignored them. A computer can't have a will of its own. You'd better tell Zen that. Let's look around the rest of the ship and find out exactly what it is we've stolen. Salvaged. Why don't we just interrogate Zen? Even if he'd answer... I'll make it answer. I'd still prefer to find out for myself. Yeah, um, he's read uh, Jenna's mind. He can't understand how anyone could live in something so small. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's... Uh, and he, he weirdly picks out the name of Liberator from her. Yes, Which is um, one of the strangest things in probably the entire show is where it, this name comes from. This I've always disliked. It. He says yeah. liberator, and it's like liberator, and uh, um, it's been accepted. It's yeah. acceptable. He plucked it out of Jenna's mind. Why Je Jenna is thinking this ship is a liberator? Yeah. Hmm. Because it's such a weird thing. You might you might think that this ship is liberating us. Yes. But you don't think of the word liberator well, as no, a, not liberator. Yeah. No, no. This, this when he mind melds with her and she says, "Oh, it's being known," you know, and it's yeah. like her and peace and everything. I'm guessing because these stories, this first story, I mean, it's pre the system and season two. Yeah. So I'm guessing this is where he learns to speak English. He's reading her mind and getting language out of her mind. Well, but the um, yeah, I suppose that's where they're slightly justifying it. But then the system speaks English anyway, so. Everyone mm. speaks English. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. what I'm saying, yeah. yeah. Um, and, um, you know, he also says your species requires a visual reference point. Yeah. And then he turns do, his lights but, on. Yeah. So, so, you know, if we didn't need it... So I, I have always assumed that globe is Zen. That is Zen. Yeah. But, I think but according is, to Zen, yeah. this is a, just a visual reference point, something to look at while you're addressing Zen. But I suppose like... We said that, like the characters Gan and, and Villa and that, everything's in flux in the first few episodes, and I think Zen is as well, because when the system come on board, they immediately go to in front of that big circle, look up and speak to it. Mm. So I think Zen's being oh, a bit. Oh, I've uh, forgotten about yeah. that bit. So although is always Zen saying that 
humanoids require because he knows that the system people require to look at his big fat ball and uh, speak to it. <laughs> his big fat ball. Because he, yes, he does say your species, yeah, species i.e. humans. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I've got a little bit on behind the scenes about why that ball is there and stuff like this. Yeah. But um, I was also thinking, you know, um, visually to have, have this ball with lights while a com- computer voice is talking is very much like Tim in The Tomorrow yeah. People, right? Oh, yeah, Tim. Yeah, now, Tim. Tim in The Tomorrow People, w- to The tor- Tomorrow People ran 1973 to 1979. Yeah. So Terry Nation most probably was aware of The Tomorrow People. And then he comes up with a three-letter named computer, which has a ball with lights on it. Um, Is this a coincidence or not? Uh, Probably not, knowing Uncle Terry and his uh, mischievous thieving ways. Um, I I don't think it's Uncle Terry. I think it's somebody else. But as I say, I'll talk about that in behind the scenes. But then Tim, three letters, how, three letters. Mm. Oh, yes, going back even further, yeah. I don't know. Everything yeah. can be traced back to 2001. Um, so Zen, wouldn't it be good if Zen was one letter removed on each of them from Tim? Then we would have a conspiracy, <laughs> wouldn't we? Then you would, then you would. Yeah. Um, and it's at this point, Avon says, oh, you're a computer. And and Zen yeah. agrees. So Zen is a computer. He is a computer on board the yep. Liberator, right? Yes. Although later in Harvest of Kairos, when, you know, he has to look at himself and, you know, you get a distorted version, bigger version of yourself. Yeah. Zen calls himself a capacity-charged brain. Yeah, which I don't know how that differs from a computer. I've never heard, outside of Blake 7, I've never heard of a capacity-charged brain. Do you think there's anything organic, then, to Zen, if he says I, that? I think, yeah, I, I sort of... I've always taken Zen to be... had some sort of organic... I'm thinking of that Component. big brain in Ultra World. Yeah, you yeah. know, a smaller version of that. You know, because he's he's either the most advanced computer we meet, or he's got a personality. But then along comes Slave and ruins it all, doesn't he? Yeah, and also, I mean, Avon says you're a computer, and he goes confirmed. Yeah. But later on, Zen refuses to answer Blake's question about where are the crew, where's yeah. where, where, where the owners of the ship, and what's happened to them. And Avon says he didn't answer your question. In fact, he avoided it. Computers can't do that. A computer can't have a will of its own. So there's, there you go. In his very first appearance, we have a reference to there's more yeah. to Zen than a computer. Well, I think they were trying to build up a bit of mystery that they never, ever bothered continuing with, wasn't it? So this it was like they, they mentioned that that Zen, you know, when Bella says Zen seems to have a, or Gan says Zen seems to have a limiter, so he can't help him too much. And yeah, I mean, it's also we're relying on Avon's definition of what and what a computer can't do. Mm. Um, so if Avon says a computer can't actively, uh, you know, go against its programming or whatever, we don't know that, do we? We're just going on what Avon says and what what our experience of computers are. Mm. I mean, my laptop seems to always go against its bloody programming. Yep. Yeah, but um, it it doesn't try to look after itself. But you know, yeah. Zen very much like Aurac will, at least in the first stories, will intervene and stop them doing something if yeah. if he thinks that it's going to put him in danger. I mean, he he refused to be in Time Squad when you've got the four Cortina with those assassins yes. in it. He refused point blank to bring them on board, didn't he? He did, yeah. And then it, when they're crossing that void or whatever, he refuses to help them and they turn him off, don't they? they turn yeah, that's breakdown, where they're going to go through yeah. that area. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And yet by the time of Terminal, he can be overruled. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That, yeah. th- th- these Avon's things are tinkered. dropped. Yeah. These are dropped, aren't they? You but know? it is the sort of thing Avon would, would disable, wouldn't it? Avon's going to go in and disable any anything that Which makes Avon me think that Avon's been fiddling Yeah, with I reckon it. so. Yeah, because also in the web, you know, uh, he won't intervene. He says preemptive interference in crew activities is forbidden. Yeah. Well, Avon's turned that bit Avon's off. Avon's turned that bit off. And, yeah. And they also, I mean, Avon se- seems to introduce the Zen. You know, Zen, no one can speak to Zen or ask him to do anything without permission from someone that already has permission. Because mm. that wasn't there in the first episode. Or Spaceful. No. No, we've said, have, haven't we, yeah. before, that there's a missing 
scene yes. where where, where he's told to scenes in Blake Seven, yeah, yeah, he's he, he's told to accept commands from yes. you know the crew, and when Callie comes on board, I guess she would have had to have yeah. said her name as well. Um, and then we see it actually happening with Tarrant and Dana, doesn't he? Yes. Uh, when Avon yeah, instructs he, him to take orders. Yeah, and also to, to Serverland. Yeah, yeah, Serverland as well. He tells Serverland and then that's taken away. But weirdly, Serverland knows that that needs to be done. Mm. So well, how did that information get out? Well, uh, well, we're yeah. back to last week and how do they yeah. know how to do the teleport system and yeah. fly it and stuff like that. I think it's also in that um, thing where Serverland tries talking to uh, Zen, says, you know, he answers back and she says, yeah, I've heard of your impudence. Yeah. I don't know from who well, she heard that from. Again, I, I think... <laughs> I think Tarrant is running a, uh, a YouTube channel. <laughs> he's, he's broadcasting. He's doing vlogs every day, not realizing that they're going to Serverland's watching them. Hmm. Now, something we've uh, asked before about Zen is: is Zen the Liberator, and is the Liberator Zen? Is I, I think they're like sort of co-joined twins. What they can't operate well, the Liberator can operate without Zen because when they turn Zen off. They're still able to fly the Liberator. Yeah, true. Um, That's true. And Zen presumably can operate at least without a lot of the Liberator, because when they're cutting the Liberator up and, you know, on, on the magician hat bloke world, mm. uh, you know, in, in the car park of Doom, yes. um, they're cutting up bits of the Liberator and it doesn't seem to worry him. And Terminal, I know I know he starts going a bit losing his faculties in terminal but I think that's more that that stuff is affecting his circuitry as well mm. so I yeah I think they're definite separate entities yeah I, you're, you're making me think of Master Blaster for Mad Max yeah. 3 now yeah. the Liberator is Blaster and Zen is yeah. Master yeah. yeah I think they yeah. I think the Liberator is fairly crappy without Zen but can still operate mm. and I, I wonder if Zen could ever leave the Liberator well, that's what I was thinking. Can he unplug? Yeah, Can he in a be unplugged? Or so. yeah. yeah, I mean, if 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 the Liberator was really badly destroyed, you know, at Terminal, but didn't yeah. blow up, could he have been unplugged and be put in DSV yeah. yeah. one or three or whatever? You know, I think he could at the end <coughs> of the writers, <coughs> if we needed to. You know, you could get out of something that way, couldn't you? Say that he. I mean, now you would say he uh, he downloaded his essential files into some storage and then they can re-upload him onto DSV1 and yeah you know you could get around things like that but yeah i think i think i don't, i i used to think they sort of were the one and the same but haven't watched the program again for you know for this podcast no i think i think zen is a separate entity to the liberator Mm, mm. And as a se separate entity, I mean, one of the things we do when we talk about the main characters is this thing, ruthless or not, Yeah. right? Now, if Zen is under control of the Liberator, um, he could have a body count then, right? Yeah. So it, Zen is responsible for killing uh, Wallace and Teague, who are the guys... Definitely, yeah. Because uh, I think Zen is part of the... Uh the defense mechanism is yeah. it? I don't think it's a liberator defense mechanism I think that's Zen I think that is Zen doing yeah. It, yeah. yeah and the third bloke he he was driven insane as yes. well wasn't he and then yeah in Dawn of the Gods the car park one yeah, uh, yeah two of the guards who you know um that, uh, is it Orak or Zen who says, uh, "Gentlemen, you must assist. You know, you'll be in danger." I think it's, it's Orak. Uh, he's trying to warn them, and then they won't. And he's like, "Fascinating." Yeah. Yes, and then Zen goes confirmed, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, do, do you remember what the first line of Zen's ever is? Ooh, ooh, ready to take instruction, something like that. I don't, I can't. Welcome, Blake. Ooh. Welcome. Oh, keep going. Olagan. Welcome, Jenna Stannis. Way like there you are. Yeah. Welcome, Jenna Stannis. The very first yeah. line Zen ever says is "Welcome, Jenna Stannis," yeah. and that's when Avon melodramatically swings around with his rifle. Um, so she she had more claim to owning the Liberator than any of them then. Well, you know, when he was dying, he does yeah. say Blake. Oh no, yeah. he says Callie. He doesn't say Jenna. He no, should he have said. Say, he, yeah. he, 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 he should have said Jenna. He's forgotten um, her by then. Yeah. And last line, prophetic or not, uh, we've only just watched it. Can oh, you remember what his last line does is? Does he say, "I have failed you"? Yeah, I have failed. Yeah, yeah the last one. He he, he peters out in, in saying, yeah. "I have failed." Very very prophetic. Yes. Yeah. So 
I mean, we haven't got an awful lot to say about Zen other than that he's terrific. Um, well, he's a great character, but like I say, he has no character arc. No, he no. plays important parts in episodes, but he doesn't change. He's unchanging. But he I like him. I've always yeah. liked him. I like his voice. Yeah. I like him visually. Um, yeah. And I, sometimes he gets almost comedy moments the way he uh, yeah, talks I, back to people. Yeah, I, I love the voice. I love the visual look of Zen. I mean, when VHS came out, the compilation, that was the thing that got me the most was when Zen lights up. Mm. And it's like, oh my God, this, I remember this. This is Zen. Um, yeah, yeah I, he's iconic. I quite like that he didn't change. They didn't they didn't mellow him. He he couldn't give a monkeys about the crew. No. He he just he'll he'll look after himself and he's he's not going to be horrible to him, but he's not going to go out of his way to save them. No, he does what is, he's yeah. told. And they could have easily had um, an arc and thing where at the end he's one of the crew and he's almost you know. I mean, they did that with you remember um, Farscape with Moya, mm-hmm. which is very 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 heavily nicked things from Blake Seven. And uh, so you had you had the 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 ship uh what was the name of the ship can't remember firefly no no, no, no not firefly no, um no, farscape it, uh so you had the ship you had moya was the pilot right no moya was the ship and then you had the pilot who was the pilot that controlled it and that was sort of the zen character wasn't right. it oh, that, um, right yeah and and over the series of, of various seasons he became like their friend and their, you know he was one of the crew and he would instantly try to, and it was like ooh a bit I, I like Zen that he, uh, uh, in Terminal he, he doesn't really care about that these people are going to die on the ship he's just he's the only thing he cares about is that he's not managed to fulfil his programming he's let them down and that is what takes him away from being a computer because he yeah. is self-aware like he's Dilla says he's never used yeah. the word I before yeah but he does at the end, so therefore he is sent to the end. He is uh, uh, has got consciousness. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, more, more than some of the main characters. But. I like the idea. You know, just on the split second before the Terminator blows up, just yeah. like Davros did when that when, yeah. when his thing blew up, he ejects. You know, yeah. and, he, and you see this little ball fly off yeah, to one side. Safe. Well, like I say, you could, you, you could <laughs> if you want, if they wanted to bring in. Bring Zen back and the Liberator back. You could have had the uh, another system ship comes to examine the explosion of the Liberator because they can tell when one of their massive ships has blown up. So it comes to have a look, see what's happening, um, and then the, their computer gradually starts becoming Zen because Zen's downloaded himself to terminal mm. and then is uploading himself onto the new ship, and then Avon and that manage to commandeer control. There you go. Start Rescue. all over again. You've Start. got the whole, you'd, yeah. Yeah. You'd have, you'd have to get the models out of a skip, but you could then, because it's a new version of the deep space vehicle, you could have a different bridge. Well, yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. Think Same we got that sorted. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they should have done. They yeah. should have done. And you know, visually, I think Zen totally suits. The Liberator, yes, you know, yeah. the same. He's as alien, f- isn't he? He's yes, alien. conceptually alien, yeah. as Blake says. You know, the flight deck suits the exterior of the Liberator. Yeah. Everything works. You know. Yeah, we still get we still get the much required flashing lights that a computer has to have. Of course, because yeah. it's the seventies. Yeah, otherwise people would be sat down. What is it? Yeah, why? Light. Oh, it's a computer. Why yeah. isn't my laptop at the moment flashing at me as 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 it's working? You know. I don't know. Do you know why we think computers have flashing lights? Have you ever looked into this? It's very interesting. No. So, when uh, Enigma uh, was to be shown off after the war, they said, this machine is incredibly boring. There's nothing for the newspaper people to see. So they knocked up a board with ping-pong balls with lights in them that flashed to represent the valves going on and off. So they made this board. And the the uh, newspapers at the time were full of this and they you know this is what the in the public's eye a computer was something that had flashing lights when it was working utter bollocks it's just people behind the scenes pressing buttons well, I, but yeah, I did and not that, know that. that yeah that fixed the idea and if you look at like 1950s sci-fi and that same look at the the sea view yeah uh, computer flashing and it's all all, all dulled from this and that's why we associate computers with flashing lights I did in reality not know that. of course it's, it's pointless because you're, you're wasting 
resource and power. You are. You're totally. Yeah. 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 Well, thanks for that. I, yeah, I didn't know go. that. Yeah, well. History lesson. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I thought, you know, um, Zen is linked with the Liberator. Yeah. So we would also talk about the Liberator today, not just, yeah. just Zen, but the Liberator as well, right? And if you're going to think about the Liberator, that raises questions, right? Yeah. And I thought maybe we could go through a few of these and see what we think, right? The very first time, just prior to us seeing the Liberator in that beautiful, beautiful moment that oh, we love so much, yeah. you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. Thanks for, you sounded like Chewbacca yeah. then. Um, <laughs> um, um, yeah, the Londoners uh, has encountered something. We never see yes. what it is. We just see swirly no. patterns on their visual panels, yes, don't we? Yes, we see that, that funky... Uh, that, that Le Leyland immediately says it's some sort of massive battle. So There's our so first question. Yeah. First question. Was it really a space battle? We've only got Leyland's yeah. word on it, and then yeah. Blake in the next episode, or when you know the system catch up with them, he says, "Oh, we found it adrift after a battle." But that yeah. was Leyland's guess. Yes, I, I think as far as Terry Nation writing it, yes, I think it was meant to be a battle. With everything that happened since then, no, I don't think it was a battle. Because who were they fighting? Mm. And where where were the other ships? Where was the other debris? Um, no, I don't. I'm I'm not sure it was a no a battle. It fits better to not be a battle than it does a battle. But if it was a battle, and I've I said think the word battle so many times now it no longer yes. makes sense when yes. I say it. And well, if it was one of those things yeah, that you just said, if it was one of those, said, yeah. Who were they fighting? Yeah, who All was right. it? The Daleks? Well, it? they're in Federation space, aren't they? The London's in Federation Definitely, space, yeah. but it's not the Federation. The Federation aren't even aware of the Liberator up until now. Okay. Yeah, and the Federation's not come across <laughs> anyone else that could, or anyone with the capabilities that could fight the Liberator. No, no. The only thing, and I think we've mentioned this before, is, you know, maybe the, the Ultra are powerful enough well, to, yeah, yeah. to take on the Liberator, okay? But I've got another theory, right? Yeah. And I've got a theory it might be the system, right? Because we have said time and time again, when you see the, 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 the owners, the makers of the Liberator, yeah. the ladies in light blue leotards. They are, yeah. Space and fashion. it's a bit of a letdown. But how about, right? You might if, have been let down. Yeah. I wasn't. <laughs> How about if, yes, they they want DSV2 yeah. back, but how about if they appropriated it themselves and they did originally? Yeah, because we've got all these storerooms with all these jewels. We've got all these clothes which yeah. don't fit the system people in the slightest. How about if, yeah, they just nicked it themselves and they weren't the actual owners and they just happened to a spare, have a spare one? Well, and the owners were coming to try and get it back. It could have been and that, that battle. battle. And yeah. during that battle, DSV-1 yeah. was appropriated by the system and they took it back to Space World or whatever it was, you know? Yeah. Trouble is, whatever <coughs> whatever scenario you think of, as if you would have to have the... Whoever the Liberator was fighting, you would have to have them completely destroyed. Otherwise, why didn't they take the Liberator? Because I always just think, I wonder if it, after seeing the system one, whether it was like some some of those um, potato sack wearing slaves stole it, mm. and they, you know, the the other the and they were trying to get them back. fighting them, uh, you know, those little drone ship things that they had that looked like the nacelles off the. Oh, liberator. the chase craft. The yeah. chase craft, yeah. And whether it was that, but then you get to the point where you go, okay, so if they won, why didn't they? take the Liberator back or was yeah. it a case of the Liberator managed to destroy them all but not without being damaged enough that everyone the slaves buggered off or something I don't know mm. yeah because perhaps it was I mean... Zen himself <laughs> that rebelled perhaps Zen was the ultimate rebel you've read my mind again because yeah. you know when they go on board there's no one there no. right there's no and bodies are there there's no, there's no bodies the Federation people and I can't remember whether or not they see whether there are any life Capsules have been ejected. Um, well, you would remember. think you would think not, because there were there's not that many life capsules on board, and they've got the whole contingents there when they need them later. So unless the, I mean, you, it's not like you could just go and pick them up at the local Halfords, is it? No. So no. yeah, I yeah, perhaps it was. It was Zen. 
Zen had uh, perhaps Zen had gone rogue, gone off. There's a series mm. of uh, big Finnish adventures. Rogue Zen. Rogue Zen. Um, another thing I was going to mention, I hadn't, but uh, I've only just listened to it, you know, a couple of hours ago. Yeah. Um, I was saying to you before we started recording uh, this um, new Big Finish story. Yes, um, Stephen Greif. The Stephen Greif reading um, Outlaw. Is it, uh, is it read as a book as in a third, Stephen Greif's yes. third yeah, yeah, person, yeah. or is he he's not no, reading no, it as Travis? No, well, he, he obviously he does a Travis voice yeah. when he's Travis, but he also does Serverland. So to speak, yeah. and Does he? Um, I yes. always wondered about that rumor. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's uh, female characters, so he changes because yeah. he's an actor, so he changes he his actor. voices through it. But yeah, it's an audio book that he reads, and yeah, terrific stuff. I haven't finished it yet. Yeah. <coughs> it ties up knots. It uh, brings things together, much like the Mark of Cain did. Yeah, and. Uh, Something I was alluding to you just before we start recording. There are references, and I think it's quite nice. I don't know where they're going to go with this, because I know ultimately this story ends up with how come Travis, um, you know, contacts the Andromedans. But there is, how can I say it without giving anything away? The aliens that we see in Blake Seven, you know, the non-Terran ones. Yeah. Um, there are references so far that whatever's been going on has been going on for a very long time before the Federation even existed and there is a direct reference to a Liberator style craft was around like 300 years before this you know because they found a bracelet that's from a battle 300 years before you know and I'm I'm finding this all very interesting that that the Federation the Terran Federation are very arrogant and they think they know it all but there's actually been other battles and things going on out there that then that, that have been and gone yeah. and no, nobody was aware it's a bit like the old cthulhu thing you know man on the planet you know you think you're the supreme yeah. power but actually there are other things that have been happening long before you even turned up mate. oh definitely that's i mean that's thing. true that's true in real life anyway, isn't it? I mean, the dinosaurs were here for much, much longer than we've ever been. Oh, here. absolutely, yeah. We just yeah. jumped up. Yeah. So that just got me thinking, oh, oh I wonder if yeah. there's going to be later on in in this story something about... Ex- yeah, to explain how the Liberator... Ended up drift, where it yeah. did. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not going to say any more. Well, I don't know any more because that's, no. uh, that's when I turned it off ready to get ready for this. So, no, um, seek it out. It's it's available from Big Finish. I've just put on Facebook the link to it. Um, it's a digital download. It's only a tenner. Um, I think it's about th- at least three hours long. So, yeah. yeah. So value but, for money. Yeah. Before we move away from um, this this battle you know, yeah. uh, of, of the Liberator. Do you know about the time loop theory? Time loop theory? Never not heard it? You've not heard it? Don't Get this. It, yeah. I mean, this can't be true, but I, it's a really nice idea. Is the battle, right, yeah. with the Liberator, is the Liberator fighting the Andromedans? Right. Right? So, when you have that big battle, the crew on the Liberator, they abandon ship. The Liberator yeah. is adrift somehow goes back in time the London encounters it Blake, Jenna and Avon go on and it goes off and you're just in a constant time loop well that can't work because where does Clegg and his men come into it what do you mean so so they battle the Liberator oh no no no, time, no, no, no 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 because that would only be season 1 and 2 you won't have a season 3 and 4 then it's just a, an endless oh, right. loop it goes season 1, 2, 1, 2 just over and over again that sounds like the Fevered dreams of an opium addict. <laughs> um, no, I don't. No. I thought you were going to say something like that. Uh, yeah, uh, even that doesn't work. But you know, like the battle of, with the Andromedans was so powerful, it opened up a time portal or something like that. And but it just can't work unless no. you, unless you say there was no season three or four. Tempting, but it can't work. No, no, no. but it's quite fun to think that that is actually (laughs) the Liberator fighting the Andromedans that Blake encounters. All right. Um, (coughs) Excuse me. Um, You know the story about the Liberator being designed by Roger Murray Lynch, don't you? Which was, put it delicately, it was a very unusual situation. Well, Um, yeah, I mean, (coughs) it it seems like the. 
the behind the scenes of the special effects and that of early Blake Seven was was for, uh, even for the BBC particularly complicated mm. and say. unionized. Yeah. I'm surprised yes. he got away with it. I think yeah. the only explanation I can think of is that David Maloney, the producer, had a lot of clout. Yeah. Because yes, back then you know the special effects guys did the model work and did the d- exterior designs yep. of of the spacecraft, and then. Yeah, the set designer did the interiors, okay? But in this case, David Maloney um, was very impressed with Roger Murray Leach because he had done... They had worked together on Doctor Who and he was in, particularly impressed by the work that he had done on Talents of Wang Chiang. Yeah. And David Maloney thought it, it, it would gel more if one person did the interior and exterior um, and that did not go down well with special effects. Um, no. Demarcation steps in... Yeah. People's Dave, livelihoods at stake. Yeah. yeah, yeah. David Maloney says here, I've got a quote, I couldn't see why one department should design the exterior of the spaceship and then another should design the interior. Roger was quite capable of doing both and did. Okay. Perhaps he should have joined the two unions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you could do that. No, I don't think you could, no. Yeah, so he had to go off and come up with a design yep. for a spaceship unlike any had been seen before. Right, and it, and it, his initial design, which I think is lost now, um, was far more spiky. Had far yeah. more like turrets because people have compared it to. If you stand the Liberator up, it does look like a castle almost, doesn't it? Yeah, because there, there, there is a design available of his first design, but didn't he draw that much later? That, that's redrawn from no, memory. Yeah, yes, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, and and uh, I think he's. When I met him at um, uh, um, the first Maximum Power I went to, yeah, where, yeah, was it yeah, small space? Small space, yes, yeah. Um, yeah, of course it was. Yeah, he said, yeah, that that one that you know these beautiful um, d- uh, blueprints that he's drawn yeah. from. Somebody found it in a skip, the original one of them, and they've been redrawn from that. But no, there was an earlier design. But yeah. then the time scale of designing and building this thing came in the budget came in for for it and it had to be paired right back okay yeah. they you took an awful lot yes yeah and roger says here we didn't want want it in any way uh in any way copy or have anything that looked at all like the spaceships from star trek yeah i, t- I turned the ship around so it was drawn to look as though it was going one way but flew the other way in fact, if you take the line of flow, the angles go with it to give it a sense of speed, and we turn that around so the wings all cantered forward and not backward. Yeah. And you see this time and time again. Everybody thinks the green ball is a cockpit window. I know Martin yeah. Bauer did when they gave him the model. It's like, yeah. right, that's the cockpit, cockpit well, you, then, is you, it? Yeah, because like he says, you, your, your mind is, is, has learned to accept that when things fly, they need to fly with drag factors and things like that which of course mm-hmm. in space you don't need so yeah you would expect you wouldn't expect it to have so much so much uh, drag and, and unaerodynamic design but of course it doesn't need to be it's in space no no yeah. and that globe the, the, the back thing Matt Irvin said didn't he um, the original drawing yes. Um, it's not ball. It, uh, a ball it's a, it's a, an a lips op- spheroid spheroid yeah 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 um, but uh, yeah, and it is a case of yeah, he did a very fancy design, but then it was handed to the special effects guys yeah. to actually replicate in 3D. And I've got a quote from Ian Schoons, who was head of special effects for season one. He says, "Roger had already designed the Liberator, which was a bone of contention for me. We always took pride in designing our spaceships, and in hindsight, if you look very carefully at the design of the Liberator and turn it on its end, it's more of an architectural piece than a spaceship." We would have taken the physical demands of flying the model into consideration if we had designed it. There are so many ways of flying a model so you don't see the wires, and the Liberator was just a damn difficult thing to fly, whether it was on wires, yeah. poles, or whatever else. Well, trouble Which with the Liberator... Yeah, sorry, you've got more. No, that was it. That right. was it. Because the trouble with the Liberator design is, if, if you want to stand it on a pole, there's overhangs both 
in front of and behind the pole, isn't there? So, mm-hmm. And you can see them on lots of episodes. You can see the lovely black pole. as a And in Starburst, turns. where it's yeah. a, a project in space world, you can see the black yeah. pole at the yeah. bottom. Yeah, I don't mind that. I don't mind that. I, I um, don't mind that. I, I, I'm, I'm more I'm forgiving of that than when it wobbles, when it's yeah. the smaller Liberator on wires wobbling yeah. away. And while I, while I sympathise with them, they said they're the ones that are going to have to shoot this, they're going to have to move it around. I don't think any design should be curtailed by the banalities of having to film it, really. I think mm. make the best design you can that matches what you want, mm. and then it's up to them to work out a way of filming this. Yeah. Because otherwise yeah. we would have ended up with the shoebox again, wouldn't we? We'd have a shoebox with, with Greedless stuck on it, and yeah. that would have been the Liberator. Yeah, and as I say, it was built by uh, Space Models. You know, where old good old yes, Simon Atkinson yeah. were, was based at the time. Built by by them, um, delivered to the BBC. Ian yeah. Schoons thought we need more on this because it was uh, practically uh, bare details wise. Yeah. Was given well, to Martin Bauer. Yeah. We've said this already before that that at the time, spaceships were clean, like the original Enterprise, the Klingon mm. cruiser, anything from Star Trek was carved wood basically and clean lines so mm-hmm. i can see i but then it's also quite boring and you can't get any sense of scale can you with right this is yeah things. this is where martin bauer came in because yeah. yes um it was given to him because yes of course space models they they did do very featureless uh, yeah. designs well uh, products because they were creating all these huge great jumbo jet models and things like yeah. that you know and ian schoons thought no we need a bit more Gives it across to Martin Bauer. Martin Bauer goes, oh, that's the cockpit, is it? Uh, what, what is it, a two-man fighter? And it's like, no, uh, that's the engine. It's the other way round, and it's not a two-man fighter. It's like a 1,000 feet long. And he's like, oh, you're kidding. <laughs> so, yeah. And he was given, I think it was three weeks, and he had to um, uh, detail it up. And, of course, as you know, if you're going to make a model, even if it's three foot like this first one was, even if it's three foot, if you've got... If it's a thousand feet long, you can't have huge, great, chunky detail all over it because no. it's completely out of scale. So Martin Bauer, you know, is a complete genius at panel lines and you know subtle airbrush. Well, not even airbrush, but you know, yeah. breaking a, a clean surface up with paneling, and that's what yeah. he went to town on, and that's no, what he yeah, did. Yeah, no, no one does it like that. I mean, we've had the privilege of sitting one night watching him. Mm. Do this sort of thing, and he's he's it, and it's not just a case of whacking stuff on, you know. I, I can't remember who it was you said that, that where someone criticised um, special effect, modern special effects of it's just people sticking bits of kit on and stuff like that. It's not. It's it's an art form. Try it yourself. Yeah. You'll, you'll have something that looks like you've stuck bits of old kit parts on a blank surface. It take it takes a real a real artistic flair to make this stuff look like it's doing something mm, and mm. you've got to say that for the liberator model the big one. Oh my god it looks beautiful i i have got yeah. some amazing photos close-ups yeah. of oh, the excellent. liberator before they gunked it up uh, on for yeah. the terminal <laughs> and it's sublime his his yeah, panel so, work yeah. I, I, th- I think it's it equals or surpasses some of his best stuff that he did on space 1999 yeah. it really is terrific um yeah he's a genius for that um, yeah, no, back to Zen. Um, I was saying, is that a coincidence that, you know, the idea of Zen is very similar to Tim in uh, the Tomorrow People, right? I, I, um, yeah, it might be. I mean, it could be. Because Tomorrow People, although it's remembered now with derision and scorn, as it should be, um, it's uh, at the time. I mean, we all used to watch it, didn't we? It was... Yeah, That's what was on. Yeah. I, I, mean, I think on the other side it was Blue Peter, and I never yeah. really cared for Blue Peter. I'd rather watch Magpie followed yeah. by the Tomorrow People. You know, I, you've just reminded me in uh, Sainsbury's right now. All 68 episodes of Tomorrow People, £20. I don't know whether that's worth it or Was not. Was that how much it cost them to make it? <laughs> yes. That's why they They'll finally priced it like profit. that. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think it I'll be... It hasn't aged well. It hasn't no, aged, I mean... Yeah, I, I, um, I remembered it really fondly, and then... Um, uh, uh, when I used to live in Oxford, uh, a friend of mine, he, w- he was the, the gentleman that lent me all the 
uh, Doctor Who copies that at the time mm-hmm. he, just, he was like, oh my god. And he had uh, orders from Harper and he said, you've got to watch this. And it was a, a serial called The Red and the Blue or The Blue and the Brown. or It's two colours. I know the ones you mean. You know yeah. the one I mean, yeah. yeah. And he said, you've got to watch this. It's amazing. It's and I watched it and I, I struggled through most of it. I, I thought it was just drivel. It's so... It's it's not well acted. The only thing, the only thing I remembered and like, like him was where they grab their belts and John. Mm-hmm. I remember that, and that was good. I remember Tim, and the, I remember the uh, opening credits, which are superb. They're by far the best thing, that and the music, the best yep. thing about this show. Yep. But the rest yep. of it was just, you forget that it was, it was almost, a lot of it was almost bloody Grange Hill style children's drama uh, well well, you say badly acted I've got one story on DVD of the Tomorrow People and the main uh, guest character in it is Keith Chegwin so that gives you an idea yeah yeah yeah. but no I mean if it if the idea of this you know glowing ball being uh, a computer uh, was cribbed I think um, I think the culprit isn't um, Terry Nation but rather Roger Murray Leach. Oh, yeah. Terry Nation's description would have been at best one line. We see a fantastic futuristic computer brackets. Yeah, you can fill this in, can't you, boys? Close brackets. That would have been it. Yeah, yeah, because I've got a quote from Roger. Um, Here's Roger talking about it. He says, We had a very important character who was a computer that appeared all the way through the series and in the early scripts had a lot of dialogue. So I realised it wasn't something we could just do with a voiceover. We needed the computer to be omnipresent and could be referred to easily so the characters could address it without just staring into space. So, yeah, a visual reference point. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So what they should have said when Zen said humanoids require it, he should have said BBC visual effects designers require yes. a... <laughs> yeah, that would have been better. It's a shame uh, they blew it up, don't you think? Uh, it was. Uh, Zen's big I mean, ball. I don't know what he was made of. I mean, imagine they just oh, fiberglass. Stuff, yeah, or fiberglass was it? Um, and it, but I, we, when we said last week, I reckon they blew it, blew up the real thing, didn't they? They did. Mm. That wasn't just a model. They blew, so that's why it doesn't exist. And yeah, oh, it's just such a shame. Can it's you imagine nice if somebody opened a box in the BBC yeah. or, or, or Lime Grove or wherever? And you've got a huge bloody great box of pieces of Zen, right? Yeah. How much you could sell each one of those bits oh, yeah. for, you know? But in reality, had that happened, it would either have been dumped in a skip or it would have been painted over and used on other stuff. Yeah. They'd have gone, oh, look at this amazing dome. Paint it black. We need it for Terry and June. Yeah, it, yeah. That's yeah, the way it was. It was. Yeah. It's so sad. But you, it's understandable. It was... Well, again... All of these things were there was no real fandom at the time. There was no concept of that people would be watching this stuff or discussing it now. It no. was ephemeral, wasn't it? You broadcast it, yeah. you might get a repeat. That was the end of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that. Um, Chris Boucher and David Maloney never liked that Peter Tudnam did both Zen and Orac. Um, oh, they felt why. that they felt the voices were too similar. Oh, I know. I disagree there. Well, that's what they reckoned, yeah. um, but they and, and they only did it to save money, yeah. to have one actor do both. But uh, no, I think his voices are so uh, distinct from each other. Definitely. I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't mistake them for each other. No, he was no. he was Peter Tudnam. He was a great voice actor. He certainly yeah. was. Uh, so let's talk about him. Let's talk about Peter. Um, yeah. He was born in 1918. Just in November 1918, so just after the First World War ended, um, and and is a, he had quite a consistent um, you know acting career. He was quite happy to be you know just in supporting roles. Yeah. Uh, quite posh people usually, uh, doctors and things like that. Um, he was in a lot of the, like Crown Courts and things like that, and um, Terry and June and things like that. Just a. Uh, uh, a posh gentleman, you know. Yeah, a job in actor, yeah. Yeah. Um, he was born in Suffolk, um, uh, brought up in Felixstowe, and uh, made his debut on the stage uh, before the Second World War um, in Rep on Hastings Pier. Yeah, right. So not, next normally, time I'm down. Da- yeah. I was say, normally um, when people, actors that were in World War II, they normally got the bug 
during World War Two, didn't they? Doing like no, no, no. He was there like before. Was before. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah. There should be a blue plaque on Hastings Pier. I they think should... I'm going to make one. <laughs> oh, you know. Just sneezed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm going gonna... should. You should position for one. Zen started here. Yeah, yeah. and in, instead of a blue plaque, you could have a little dome. Yeah, with Doesn't flashing be lights about, behind it. Yeah, like the size of how. And you could go up and talk to it, and it will talk back to you in Zen's voice. In Zen's voice. See, there you go. I'm. Has anyone ever made a kit of Zen? I, I've never seen one. Plenty, plenty of Aurac, but not, yeah. not, not, no. not of Zen. It's such a shame that um, you know. Uh, I wish you know things like Satnavs have been around twenty years ago because yeah. he would have made a fortune, you know, recording a voice for Satnavs as Aurac. Or Definitely. Zen. I can't see well, many people wanting yeah. slave. No, master, you seem to have gone down the wrong road. Um, didn't he? Um, certainly, in in his sort of the, the last few years of his life, he, if you contacted him, he would happily record a voicemail message for you. Yeah, for your answer machine. <laughs> yes, yeah, he would do. <laughs> so, which is making me think. Yeah, I think he would have been up for a, a contract. T- t- turning him into uh, uh, into uh, a satnav, and of course, you know, I've mentioned before, you know, I've got some of the big Finnish uh, stories which continue the story of the original crew, and you've got another actor, you know, doing a Zen impersonation, and it's not the same. It's no, just no. not the same. It's it's a, it's a very hard voice to to impersonate and get right. When I was when I was doing that um, Blake's of an annual story and doing the Zen parts. And it, it's very hard to get right. But once you put the Zen sounds at the beginning and end and the, the hum right through it, it helps. But yeah, it's a very distinctive voice. It's not it's not what you think it is, just monotone computer-style voice. No. Uh, well, let's talk about that because, of course, um, I don't know if, if the general public realise that, you know, when you're watching Blake 7, Peter Tudnam was on set. Yeah. He, was, he was behind the set in a little room that they had made. They called it Zen's Den. And it's a, yeah. like a little blacked out room. And there he is with his microphone. And he was recording. He had the script with him. And he was um, everything was happening live. Um, yeah. um, they tweaked it a bit. I think they dropped the bass down or something to make his voice yeah. deeper. Um, but, yeah, no, all of that was recorded live. The actors on the, on the set of the flight deck were talking to Zen, and the lights would flash in sync with what Peter yeah. Tudnam was it's, saying. They used to do the same on Doctor Who for the Daleks and Cybermen, etc. Um, so, yeah, you would have the, the visual, you would have the, I mean, for Cybermen, Daleks, you'd have the people in the suits, but then you would have the voice artists, like you say, just around the back of the set with a mm. little button, and they would do it live. And the, I suppose the idea was that the actors would have someone to bounce off of. Yeah. Um, it's also cheaper because anything you can do in camera is yeah quicker and much, faster much, and much, cheaper yeah cheaper than uh, trying to add things I mean it's difficult to think back to those days because you're used to like everything because we can put we can overlay a, a voice track on our home movies in seconds now yes yeah. but back then it was obviously a very expensive thing to do so it would have been done sort of as you say it's almost live but it also it helped because Tom Baker always said that if John Leeson hadn't have been there and you hadn't done rehearsals and that there would be no rapport with canine if it was mm. just a you know a, a radio control box and a voiceover done afterwards yeah um the actors like, need it yeah, don't they exactly yeah i think the only one the only time they didn't do it and that was because of it was almost had such extensive film sequences with hitchhiker where it was of obviously stephen moore doing marvin mm. and david lerner <laughs> playing the robot um and doing the voice for the actors uh, but yeah, it's it's very unusual to overdub something. That would have no, been I mean, amazing to go and watch Blake Seven being made, wouldn't it? Oh well, yeah. I mean, and and that process still happens. I mean, you see Nicholas Briggs on you know yeah, the latest Doctor Who's. He's still there on set as the voice yeah. of the Daleks when they're doing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, Paul Darrow always said that uh, Pete Tudnam in his Zen's Den, he had a crate of brown ale that he yeah. was getting through. That's a that that's a myth. He didn't even like the stuff. So. Mm. All right, uh, so we're, we're on to genre tally next. Oh, yeah. uh, he's got a genre tally of eight. And I've been a big Blake 7 fan. I've always just assumed that, yeah, yeah, he's the uh, the voices of Zen and Orak and Slave in Blake 7. It, it was quite a surprise to find out he actually did computer voices before Blake 7. Right? All right, yeah. Um, the very first time he was the... And I don't 
remember recognising it. He's the computer voice in Doctor Who in the Ark in Space. Yeah, he's he's the medical computer that when they go through a door and they and they're saying um, contamination area blah blah blah, and he's. But yeah, you can actually if you listen, you can hear it's him. It. I'll it have to watch a, that again and listen a bit out like for him. like an angry Orac, yeah. Okay. Well, the next time he was in Sonic Genre-wise, it was Doctor Who again, uh, The Mask of Mandragora. Did yep. I say that right? Yes. Where he's, he's the Titan voice. All right. Okay. Um, then Blake Seven. Now, I've got him down for four in Blake right. Seven, right? So he's Zen, he's Orac, he's Slave, and that god-awful... Season four, one the traitor one, um, yeah. you know he's the voice of the um, you know uh, uh, of of authority telling people to amass in a, a in some plaza or something yeah. like that, and he sounded just like Orac, a sped up Orac. So he's got four appearances in Blake Seven. Um, he was back for Doctor Who again, uh, Time and the Rani, where he was the voice of the brain. Yeah, right. Do you know oh, what God. I mean by that? I watched I, yeah. that once, and I'll never watch yeah. that again. Yeah, I, I same. I watched it once. I'll never ever watch it again. No. Um, it was um, Sylvester McCoy's first one, and there was a the the Rani was collecting all the geniuses from Earth's history to combine all their intellects into one giant brain to do some bollocks with. It was all shit I all point. I know is um, Bonnie Langford, Bonnie Langford yeah. was impersonating. Kate O'Mara or the other way no, around. Kate O'Mara was impersonating. Yeah, Bonnie and Langford, it's like rather, Jesus. Rather it's bad enough that you got Bonnie yeah. Langford, but you got Kate O'Mara impersonating yeah. Bonnie Langford. Right, I'm out of here. You know. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then the last genre thing he did, I'm assuming you've seen it, is Blake's Junction Seven. Yes. Yeah. Where he he's actually the voice of Orac in that. Uh, it's so not came back for Orac for that. That's nowhere near as funny as it should be, or they thought it was. That is exactly yeah. my comment. Yeah. I totally hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. All right. So yeah, genre tally of eight, and that's a Doctor Who tally of three. All right. Respectable. All right. Now before we go, because this is a main character, we got to do the ranking thing again. I know, now this is we difficult. Have five. So let's let's build the suspense up. We'll go five to yeah. one. All right. Okay. Now now the last time um, we did this, my number five was Gan, and your number five was Jenna. Jenna. Yeah. Has that changed? Oh, it's, this is so difficult because are we? Yeah. Yeah. I think. Because we're now talking, we've now got six characters. I think. No, we've I got think, five characters. We've got five characters. Yeah. But we're, we're ah, so but we've got six now with Zen, haven't we? No, five. Oh, so we've what got, was so Jenna got, couldn't have been five before then. She must she have been was, fourth. Sorry, four. She was yes. last. Sorry, was say, sorry, sorry, sorry. What? No, she I was last, not fifth. Yeah, math. no, I've I, no, I've added yeah. a, I've added a figure. No, she yeah. was in last place okay. for you before. I, I think, yep, Jenna still goes last place, fifth, fourth, eighth, whatever All right. we're up to. But yeah, Jenna, Jenna last place. And then next up the ladder? Uh, Gan. Um, oh, before we say that, um, yeah, I'm sticking with Gan in last place. Yep. And you've got Gan next, yes? Yeah. Yep. And I, I, I've still got Jenna in place. Oh, right, yeah. Right. And third, Zen. Third is Zen. Yep. All right, you're going to hate this. Third for me is Travis Mark Two. <sighs> so oh, well, your I'll your number two that. is going to be Travis Mark One, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Zen comes in number three, and the others below bump one down, and the other obviously right. above don't change. Yes. See, we are going to diverge as we go on yeah, in this it's because because yeah. my number one is Travis Mark One, then Zen. Then Travis Mark Two. I know that's wow. heresy for you. It's heresy for me, but I understand it. I understand it. And these are purely our. We're not saying that Zen is a is a, a, a you know an objectively better character yeah. than anyone. It's just our, our favourites. Yeah, our preferences. Before we get hammered on Facebook, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, this this was difficult because I was thinking. So am I gauging it on on what happened to the character? No, I can't really because not no. a lot happens to Zen. So it, is it on that they're a more interesting character? Yeah, I would say Zen's probably more, a bit, little bit more interesting than Gan and Jenna. And then I had to base it on 
would I smile if I saw this character appear on a clip show? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes, the... I would. If I saw Zen, I'd go, hey, it's Zen. Yeah. It's the fact you say s- yeah. smile. The way I'm gauging these are on, on enjoyment. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. You know, and I get more enjoyment out of Zen than I do Travis Mark too. But, you know, that's my yeah, opinion. That's, you know, I, 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 I would... I would die supporting your right to have that opinion. Thank you very much, Ian. Um, I it, it was. It's going to be interesting next week's ranking, yeah. because next week we're staying on the Liberator, because we're going to be uh, talking about Cali. I know. So we've Callie not only got gonna... to talk about Cali, we've then at the end got to put Cali in this yeah. list. This is, this is so interesting, because before we started doing this podcast, if you'd have... If you'd have um, Ask me then my my list. It would be substantially different because I, I I never really appreciated Carrie and Carrie Callie until uh, until we did this, and I certainly didn't appreciate Brian <laughs> until we mm. did this. Um, so yeah, it's so interesting because mm. I I think Callie might she she's up there. Mm. You know, we'll save I it know all. We, yeah, save it all for next the, week. Yeah, the, it's going to be more difficult when we get to the Villas and the Avons and the Blakes. Yes. And the server How the hell would you separate Serverland? How would you separate these characters? Yeah, well, we're going to try, aren't we? One yeah, week at try. a time. It's our job One to week do at it. a time. So yeah, we're back to see uh, Callie next week. All right. Excellent. I'm looking forward to that. All right. Excellent. All right. We'll see you next week then, Ian. Nice okay. one. Thank you right. very much. Right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>